Hey guys, just a quick note about this episode. If you hear any weird noises in the background, that's because my cat was causing a bit of a ruckus while we were recording. I had to use a spray bottle to shoo him off. So, sorry about that, and enjoy the episode! Kings and Pandas, episode one. Welcome to the first episode of Kinks and Tangents. Woo! This is Brittany Jane. And I'm Max. And we're really excited to do this first episode for you guys. We will be covering orgasms and squirting. It's a great way to get off this <laughs> podcast. We start with a bang. <laughs> Literally. And uh, we've decided to split up the two topics. So I guess let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um... So this goal of this podcast is to look at human sexuality from a nerdy perspective, make it geeky, make it also fun, because I feel like there's so much information out there in the world and a lot of sexual studies, but a lot of it's kind of like... All over the place? It's all over the place. It's just static. And you hear a lot of contradictory things. Yeah. Um, all over the place. And I feel like for from our perspectives, we can help you guys out, have a broader view if, you know, if there are kinks that you've never even seen before, even heard of, or you're afraid to try something and you've wanted to get a little bit more information, but maybe you're too afraid too afraid to Google. Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. There's so much, like you said, misinformation coming from porn, from yeah. sort of <laughs> the different sex and abstinence programs and educational programs that we have across this country um, yeah. and around the world. And um, kink is just a different way to enjoy something that we as humans enjoy already. It's a way to express yourself in a unique way and enjoy your partner in a different way. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that you and I learn something new. Yeah. I'm certainly learning a lot of new <laughs> stuff, just researching things that I find interesting. And I hope that's going to be the same thing for you yeah. guys. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And it's in the end, you know, people want to be happy. And if kinks make you happy, then more power to you. Yeah. As long as everybody's having fun, um, it's consensual, and you're doing it from a position of, you know, having the best interests of you and your partners or partners, then it works out for everybody. For sure. Yeah. So uh, let's get into our first topic, which is orgasms, which is a kind of fitting way to do it because um, out of all the sexual studies out there, I think orgasms are the topic that's been covered the most, yet... There's so much information that people have yet to do, and there's a lot of conflicting reports on sexuality, um, especially in the past century with, right. with you know, the Masters and Johnson uh, study, which gave us the, the really common four phases of orgasm. Okay. So I'm actually going to go through that right now because that's kind of the most popular one, and that's the one that kind of gets uh, referenced the most uh, in most publications. But uh, I'll start off with orgasm. So it's kind of the big bang. Of your sexual experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, you know, if you're masturbating or if you're having sex, chances are you want to orgasm. It's the big, you know, the big explosion. Um, but for others, it's the icing on the cake. So a lot of people engage in sexual activities. May- maybe necessarily orgasm is not the goal. Maybe just the experience getting there is, you know, is fulfilling, is kind of the... Uh, the bang for them so yeah. to speak and i think that's definitely something we can start to explore in other episodes like there's a whole world and culture around orgasms orgasm yeah. control denial yes um and there's so much taboo about coming too fast yeah we're taking too long to come so i think yeah. i think this is going to be a good way to get our feet yeah. wet for sure yeah definitely ha <laughs> what uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go over the the response cycle so you have four phases um, excitement, plateau, orgasm, and resolution. Um, so I'm going to go through the first one, excitement. So excitement is literally when the moment something turns you on. So the physical uh, reactions are going to be, you know, uh, increased muscle tension. Your heart rate might go up. Uh, your, your breathing might begin to accelerate. Um, skin becomes flush. Um, your nipples may become hardened or, uh, or erect. Um, and then obviously you'll have, uh, you know, you'll start getting an erection if you're a guy. Um, sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's fast. Every guy is different. Um, you know, it it doesn't matter if, you know, you start feeling aroused and you realize you don't have a full erection. That's completely normal. So Um, basically this is like 
I like this. Yeah, and I like my this. body is responding to it. Yeah. Now, is this something that you are conscious of that is happening, or is this mostly limbic? Um, partially. Um, there's a lot of natural reactions for guys that could result in an erection that's not necessarily part of the excitement phase. Okay. Um, you hear a lot about morning wood, where it's the natural body's reaction to kind of harden. I would say harden the plumbing. And it's a way for your body as a natural reaction to not pee in the morning. Because a lot of guys... Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, obviously with the penis, you, you have two basically ports of going out. Right. You know, urethra and all the other plumbing um, with the testicles, you know, semen. Um, but the funny part is the body can sometimes react and cause an erection which causes the bladder to not... It basically basically constricts the bladder. Okay. Um, so you, you won't be able to pee. Okay. Um, but long story short, that's one of the reactions that isn't necessarily tied to sexual response. Okay. Um, but yeah, there could be, you know, uh, subconscious thoughts that cause excitement. Okay. Um, it really varies between guys. There's no... There's one point that I've... I've seen from this is that sexuality isn't linear. No. Um, and that's actually a lot of the criticism of the sexual response cycle. The, the four, the yeah. four. Okay. Yeah. Um, because there's, there's so much in sexuality. You can't really just do it in a four step cycle. Okay. Um, there's actually a few other responses. I think there's two, uh, that I have, uh, written down, but we'll get to it later. <laughs> so, uh, excitement. Um, vaginal lubrication begins. Um, you start feeling flushed. Um, and then for guys, your testicles may swell or, or begin to tighten um, scrotum. Um, if you're really, really turned on and you're having a huge boner, <laughs> boner, boner, um, <laughs> uh, a little bit of pre-cum might come out. Okay. I always that, wondered about that. Yeah. it's and, and again, it's different between guys. Some guys will lubricate a lot. And some guys may not until the middle of the plateau phase. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it's, would you say it's analogous to when a woman is starting to get turned on and she starts to get lubricated from that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would say it's about the same because, you know, some girls get very wet naturally. Some girls don't. Right. Um, exact same for guys. Okay. Um, so that's excitement. And so moving on, you start pleasuring yourself. You move on to the plateau phase. Um, in that phase, you'll start feeling, uh, a buzzing pleasure, you know, start feeling, you know, buzzing throughout your penis for a guy. Um, I'm sure <laughs> for girls, it's, you start feeling. Yeah. I mean, yeah. your body is going to respond differently depending on who you are, yeah. like this, especially for women. Cause our, our plumbing, so to speak, yeah. is a little <laughs> bit more complicated and our wiring is kind of all over the place. There is, uh, I, I would say waves of mm-hmm. just sort of. Wow, that feels good. Yeah. And it, it and it's mixed in with sort of right, you have like that high phase of like, wow, this feels really good and then I kind of sort of don't feel anything and then oh this feels really good yeah. and then I sort of don't feel anything. So I don't I don't know how it is for I, guys, it's but I would of, imagine. It's kind of the same for guys. I mean, I think I think a lot of that has to do with your mind being used to signals that come in. Okay. Um it's uh, one kind of analogy I could do is like if you look at a bright light mm-hmm. and your your rods and cones get used to that light and if you look away you have that that blob it's a blind spot yeah, essentially it's basically <laughs> a blind spot so that's basically your your mind kind of drowning out that's that sensation after I a while I see um that's why you know a lot of guys they'll if they're masturbating they'll change their their technique or their hands or their or, hands okay. so, you know maybe focus on the head instead of the shaft um yeah so uh, that'll happen. <laughs> and so uh, throughout this, this is now stage three. You're basically building. You're building up. Okay. Yeah. So, so the pleasure is increasing. You're maybe switching some things that, you know, that give you the most sensation or the most reaction. Okay. Um, your muscle tension will increase. You may have uh, involuntary um, tightening of foot muscles, leg muscles. Um, personally, my legs start to stiffen. Yeah. I think for me, it's my like hamstrings usually. Yeah. Hamstrings. Like, yeah. yeah like I'll start like. My toes start to point out. <laughs> like up or down? Down. Okay, so like they curl. Yeah, yeah, my toes yeah, start to curl. Yeah, that's like the classic like movie, right? Like toe curling yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, but it could be different. You could start having spasms. Like if it's a really prolonged plateau, mm-hmm. you know, your muscles start feeling weak. Mm-hmm. You might start shaking. Right. Yeah. And that's very common with women. Yeah. Um, I think especially once they are having their orgasm, mm-hmm. they will shake. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then you may have muscle spasms on your arms. You know, it's, it's again, it's that sensation, it's that tightening, and then your muscles may feel weak. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're building up, and then eventually... You'll hit the point of no return and you'll orgasm. So, (laughs) so orgasm is interesting. So the long story short, uh, as far as scientific, you know, uh, scientific things are concerned, Mm -hmm. um, you'll get a rhythmic contraction of the pelvic floor and the pelvic muscles. So for guys, um, Vance deference, like the plumbing inside will begin to contract and react and pulse, um, causing the semen to go out. So it's basically like pushing all of the semen out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're basically pushing all the fluid out. Right. Um, along with, um, sphincter muscles, a, a, a lot of muscles involving the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously this is extremely pleasurable. It's waves. Um, for guys, usually on, on average, it's about eight to 10 contractions. Um, wow, I had no idea it was so specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's so many studies on this. Your orgasm is eight contractions long. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, it, it's biased on studies though. Okay. Because, you know, your health will come to effect on that. Age, I'm pretty sure, comes sure. into effect. Uh, how turned on you are, how much water you drink. Right. A lot of stuff. So, you know, it could be maybe just like four spurts and you're done, or it could be, you know, 20, 30 contractions that last a couple minutes. Um, but that's typically the most common uh, for those studies. Um, your blood pressure, heart rate, breathing are at their highest rates. Um, so you might have a spike in your heart rate. Um, you'll be breathing heavily. You might be extremely flushed. Um, you may have those muscles that I was talking about earlier with the legs. They, they might be spasming um, just from the sheer reaction of your body. Right, like that tension. Yeah, that tension. And it's that release of tension too. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the orgasm subsides the waves fade the contractions will um come at a less and less rate um they'll start to slow down so you'll hit the resolution phase that's when your boner starts going down your erection slowly goes away uh your mind is relaxed your body's relaxing um this is where it splits so men typically need a recovery time after orgasm and that's called a refractory period it's like the worst it, it, it sorry yeah from a woman's perspective it's the worst <laughs> And again, that, that also depends on a lot of factors. A lot of guys tend to have a longer refractory period. Some guys can be multi-orgasmic. Right. Um, and there's actually a lot of techniques to kind of cheat your body into not having that face. Soap. Um, so that's actually um, a, a different topic for orgasms that we'll get to later. Um, but for women, it's obviously different. Um, right. Women have a very short if at all, refractory period? Yeah, I mean, the reality of it is, is like, if you look at this from a sort of mechanical, biological level, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of stuff that is going on for a guy to be able to excrete. Like, it, yeah. it's, an, it's, yeah. it's, it's, an, it's a secretion of, yeah. of DNA and, and semen and ejaculate is not easy to get out of the body. Um, if it was easy, you guys would be leaking it everywhere all yeah. the time. So for women, we don't really have that. We are, after all, um, vessels for the semen for us to have babies. Mm-hmm. And the the muscles that we have are much different. I would say as far as orgasms go, on the on the female side, there's a whole variety of orgasms that we have at our disposal, right? I, I would say the two primary ones would be A clitoral orgasm Mm -hmm. and your G-spot orgasm. Mm -hmm. And as far as refractory periods go, I could have multiple orgasms from my G-spot. And it pretty much goes until that point, using your metaphor of sort of staring at the light. Yeah. For a while, you do almost numb out because Mm -hmm. it's the same sensation over and over again. So um, if you want to call that a refractory period, it certainly is. But I feel like if you give it a few seconds and you ease off and you go kind of back at it, mm-hmm. you can continue to have multiple orgasms. With a clitoral orgasm, I find that I definitely need 
a small break and it'll go one of two ways. Either you're basically, like you said, you cheat it and you write it out Mm -hmm. and you get like that multiple clitoral orgasm, but then it's kind of like a, like a bunch of mini orgasms building up to the one. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's like, don't touch me, (laughs) you know? And I would assume that is essentially that refractory period of your body being like, okay, we need a break. Like we've been staring at the sun too long. Yeah. And I think, again, depends on the person, but there is a higher, much longer refractory period for a clitoral orgasm, I have found, pretty mm-hmm. consistently, than for the G-spot. Yeah. Um, for guys, usually if if a guy's just masturbating, he's just going at it up and down on the shaft, mm-hmm. um, typically that's sort of a one-and-done deal because you're activating the the nerves in just that particular section just the shaft part. just the shaft like so just a normal penile orgasm but like a, a prostate orgasm you're dealing with a lot of different nerve endings and there's so many nerve endings right around the prostate because it's such a important part of the reproductive system for a guy um so personally for me when i work my way through a prostate orgasm, it's actually, it's kind of similar to what you described. You kind of get these mini orgasms that hit. Right. One after the other. Um, and the buildup's a lot different. Like, sometimes it'll feel like you're you're working your way up, but it kind of just sneaks up on you. Yeah. Like, out of nowhere, boom. Like, yeah. Like, you have an orgasm, and then, like, you're back at a plateau phase. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, and for guys, uh, one of the topics I was going to talk about up upon was edging so for guys one method and especially this is true for a lot of guys that have issues with premature ejaculation this is actually one technique that they that is taught a lot to help out with the length or duration of sex um and plateau to orgasm Mm -hmm. um difference um when the point of no return hits for a guy uh you're supposed to basically stop all sensation stop all anything that could cause pleasure mm-hmm. essentially and then hold down and pull down the, the PC muscles. So essentially the same muscles that you use to hold your pee or stop your pee midstream. Okay. Yeah. So you're for a guy, you're clenching down on that. That essentially stops the plumbing for the van, like through the uh, testicular system uh-huh. um, until you feel the orgasm or the point of return subsiding. Um, that does two things. One, it stops any semen from coming out and two, it tricks in your, your body into not releasing the endorphins that cause the post orgasm, you know, subsiding, feeling the feeling of relaxation and wanting to just call it quits. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for guys, you can really teach your body to kind of ride that crest out and get close to the orgasm to the point where you're clenching down at the point of no return and you're kind of going over it. So you get the, the pleasurable waves and, and you get that series of contractions, but you don't orgasm. It, basically you don't ejaculate. Okay. So technically you are orgasming. You're orgasming, but you're kind of riding the tip of the wave and then subsiding back. Interesting. So you're not letting your muscles kind of do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're basically shutting the plumbing down and letting the rest of your body do the orgasm. So you're essentially, you know, Rhythmic, uh, pulsating and rhythmically contracting mm. without that ejaculate. Um, so it's actually a really common technique. Um, however, doing it too much or forcing it too much, there are a couple of health issues with that. Um, one, one thing is called retrograde ejaculation. Okay. So what happens is you clench down and you're essentially orgasming, but the cum, the semen will actually go back into the opposite side of the plumbing and go into your bladder. Okay. Um, it's that's not, bad. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. T- typically it's bad. Um, there are some studies where people argue that it does increase the risk of cancer. Um, the bladder cancer, any, any form of abdominal cancers because you're essentially, you know, changing the chemical makeup right in that area. Um, another is there is a, ri- a risk for bladder infection. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this is why I always recommend, even if you're masturbating or edging, always pee afterward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that goes for both, both genders. Yeah. should absolutely pee afterward yeah. regardless. Yeah. Um, there, there were some horror stories that I've found online, especially Reddit. Reddit's just the core for really creepy 
It's Reddit. Gross, <laughs> gross stories. Um, so yeah, you know, people will clench muscles down, PC muscles, but you don't want to do it like you're at a bodybuilding competition. Right. You want to work your way up. You know, this isn't something that you'll learn overnight. You have to... It, there's a lot of practice and a lot of conditioning on your PC muscles to even get to that point. Um, but there have been some stories where some guys take it too far. They clench too hard. And they actually pop vessels in their in their muscles, and that actually causes this causes the semen to look bloodied. Wow. Yeah. So they'll essentially ejaculate a mix blood. of semen and blood. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Um, but typically that'll subside, um, from what I've read and researched, um, if that does happen, usually doctors will just ask you to refrain for two weeks from any sexual activity, um, to allow the vessels to heal. Well, that makes um, sense. Yeah. But just like anything else. Just like anything else. Um, yeah. Bloody semen is bad guys. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so in, in that situation, anytime you see something unusual, any sort of discharge that is weird discolored yeah painful whatever Anything painful yeah like just go to your doctor yeah go to your doctor and like they've seen it all they've yeah. seen worse they've seen worse they've seen <laughs> they've diff- seen the reddit stories yeah they've, <laughs> so. they've seen things that you would not believe would fit in a human body oh geez yeah, yeah. so uh you know and if you're starting this for the first time and something feels painful don't push yourself to go through that absolutely um you know, the best person that knows your body is you. So if you're not feeling it, that's completely fine. You know, try it again some other day or just work your way up. Yeah. So that's basically the four stages of sexual response as researched and written by Masters and Johnston. Now, this is, you said, the most commonly known. Yes, this is the most common one and the one that gets referenced the most everywhere. Um, But there are studies basically attempting to completely debunk this because there's so many variables when it comes to sexuality. Of course. Um, and and when is this study dated? This was dated back in the early 1900s, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like anything else yeah. in, in medical history, you were going to continue to invo- evolve and try to understand our bodies and each other better. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What would you say is the most surprising thing that you learned in your research that well aside from the bloody semen (laughs) (laughs) um guys uh, you hear a lot of talk online or in shows about the issue about premature ejaculation Uh um the one surprising thing was about a third of guys actually have that issue what yeah it's wow it's uh, that surprised me that was surprisingly common um, and it tends to actually increase with age. So that number tends to skew a little bit higher if you're in your forties or fifties. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but actually there's a large percentage of guys that actually have the, uh, complete opposite problem. Um, prolonged ejaculation where you have to really work your way up and you just can't get enough sensation or build up to get out of that plateau phase. Interesting. Um, and that tends to be kind of thrown by the wayside i guess there's a lot of erasure when it comes to that type of issue because you're all this talk about women it's macho yeah it's macho you know women want a guy to last but for a lot of those guys yeah they can last but they don't really get the final enjoyment yeah i mean there's there's so much to be said about sex right and the enjoyment Mm -hmm. of sex and how how do you have to come for you to enjoy it Mm -hmm. how long does it have to be i've been on both sides of that fence of Wow, we're done already? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's go again. And the other side, which is, okay, get off or get off. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm tired. You're fucking done. I'm bruising. Like, because, you know, if, if you're a girl and, and you're waiting for a guy to come and, like, his hip bones are, like, digging into yeah. your legs, like... <laughs> You're ready to, like, have him be done with it. And again, like I said, you know, with the G-spot orgasm work, I, I think your analogy was, was beautiful. You stare at a light for too long and you develop a blind spot. Yeah. And with that blind spot, you can start to get pain. Yeah. So I do think, to your point, there is a lot of erasure about it. We don't talk about it enough. And we're also not accepting it enough. 
Yeah. To just be like, I don't care how long it takes for you to come. Like, let's talk it out. Let's move through it. And, and I, I accept you for who you are. And mm-hmm. I still have needs. So say, yeah. for example, you're with somebody that takes 45 minutes to come. It's like, well, I can't have sex for 45 minutes. Yeah. Because my body's physically incapable of it. What can we do to pace this out so that you can get whatever gratification you're looking for yeah. and my body can get the rest? Or the yeah. vice versa. Okay, you come in five minutes. What can we do to address my needs yeah. on my side? And, and you figure it out yeah. from there. Yeah, at the end of the day, there's no set course. There's no list of requirements for sex. I mean, mm-hmm. it's essentially you and your partner. What you and your partner or partners want to do and all your needs are satisfied, that's all you guys really need. Yeah. So it's totally fine if you can only last, you know, maybe two or three minutes. If you're spacing that out and, you know, you're still finding other ways to have pleasure or give your partner pleasure, then that's totally fine. Right. If, if everybody feels satisfied at the end. Likewise, if you're, if you last an hour until you come, then you can space that out. You know, you don't have to do full-on intercourse. There's blowjobs, there's... Uh, anal play, so many different methods to right. continue that buildup. Right. Cool. So we're going to talk about squirting. Ooh. Now, speaking of orgasms. Speaking of <laughs> orgasms, I felt squirting was a super appropriate topic. It's become more and more popular, it seems, over the years. Um, for those that are unaware or um, live under a rock and <laughs> <laughs> just not watching porn lately... Squirting is a release of liquid from the vulva after some sort of stimulation, usually sexual activity, using your fingers, using Mm -hmm. a dildo, using a penis, whatever. Um, It can happen without an orgasm, Mm -hmm. um, but most frequently it's accompanying a G-spot orgasm. I feel like it's one of the most popular categories on all all forms of porn you know i actually did some research on that and you'd actually be surprised really squirting um in terms of what i found on Pornhub, Pornhub, porn hub and I'm, I'm gonna go into this a little bit later was not as popular as i thought it would be hmm. and in terms of it Surprising. now let, let me let me clarify in terms of keywords searched not i see content so for all i know every single video has squirting in it it's and it's almost like it's like the dinner rolls of porn like you always expect it to be there yeah you know uh so (laughs) there's some asmr video and then all of a sudden someone's just randomly squirting yeah just because that's right that that's what we do in porn yeah um but yeah like i said it it can happen without an orgasm i think this is you speaking of things that surprise you in your research this is what shocked me Squirting does come from your bladder, mm-hmm. but it is not urine. Interesting. So let me repeat that. <laughs> Squirting does come from your bladder, same pipes, same mm-hmm. everything, but it is not urine. So Very interesting. The way that we know that is the people that have experienced squirt um, do mm-hmm. report that there is no ammonia smell. Mm-hmm. It does not taste, look, or feel like urine. And when you look at the chemical composition of it, it um, is containing liquid that is coming from the skein's glands. And the skein's glands are colloquially called the female prostate, mm-hmm. which is actually incorrect. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper into that's, that later. That's interesting because a lot of the comments that you hear online is, oh, the, the liquid in the G-spot, it's basically the female form of prostatic fluid. It is. So actually it is, Mm -hmm. um, to put it simply, you have a prostate gland and you have a skein's gland. (laughs) You know, it's like saying you have estrogen, you have testosterone. It's like, Mm -hmm. they're very similar. They do similar things to their own genders, Mm -hmm. anatomy and biology, but they are very different. They serve very different functions. The skein's gland is similar to the prostate gland in terms that the liquid it produces is ejaculate fluid. Mm-hmm. However, the prostate gland is making a lot more stuff than just sort of the watery yeah. com- chemical composition of yeah. the semen. Long story short, it's not the same thing. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I thought that it was really important to to clarify that because for me personally, the first time I squirted, excuse me, the first time I squirted, I was shocked 
I was mortified. <laughs> I was like, you know, like on top doing my thing. And I'm like, did I just pee on this person? <laughs> and I have a tiny bladder. I'm always peeing. So I'm like, oh my God, did I seriously just pee on this person? Like it was. Oh, it must be shocking. It was. It's traumatic. <laughs> um, and so like as the years go by, I'm sitting there thinking like every every other person that I sleep with, I'm accidentally peeing on them. I was really relieved to find out it's not pee. <laughs> For like a good 15 years, I thought it was pee. Uh-huh. It's not pee. So, so yeah. Do you want to learn about how to make some de-squirt? Yes. Well, actually, uh, one thing from a guy's perspective, that tends to be one of the most popular fantasies. Or like kind of like... Sort of like getting the notch on your belt is like, oh. You made a girl squirt? Your, you made a girl squirt. What? Man. Yeah. That that tends to be a lot in common, um, especially from what I, the posts I see, you know, pop culture. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go into this a little bit later, sort of like why, why do we have this fascination around squirting and sort of like what's the emotional response mm-hmm. on kind of for both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's very much lauded and and sought after and it's actually quite easy to do Hmm. so um i think before i kind of get into the the hows and the who's and the what's um i really wanted to just like cover the bases as far as like trying something new with somebody yeah so um on the female side be sure you're hydrated and (laughs) if you are like me and you're worried about peeing on somebody go pee you, you don't want to squirt to death by dehydration. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and as with any sex act, you you want to have a conversation between partners. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm part of the BDSM community, and we are very big on safe, sane, and consensual. And mm-hmm. having a discussion, getting consent is, it's sexy. It's important. It is. It's the foundation of that sexuality absolutely yeah and it doesn't matter whether you're into kink or not if you want to try something new like say you have a thing for i don't know a girl sitting on your face which is like there's a term for it it's called queening Queening. but like say that's something you're really into like just have a conversation about it and squirting should be no different if you're a guy and you really want to make your girlfriend squirt or you're a girl and you want to make your girlfriend squirt have that conversation or if you're a girl and you want to have somebody try it on you like just put that out there and, yeah. and educate yourself and also kind of be aware of like what's going to happen because you don't want to be like me, like this teenager <laughs> that's like having sex with her boyfriend and then all of a sudden it's like everything is wet and you don't understand why. And then mm-hmm. you go all these years like humiliated thinking like, oh my God, like I'm peeing on people if I come too hard, mm-hmm. which is not the case at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once you have sort of the consensual conversation um, I feel like this goes without saying, but wash your hands. Yeah. And it's something that we all, like, don't think about, but, like, wash your hands. Yeah. And make sure your nails are trimmed, especially for something like this, because you're going to be, like, deep up in yeah. there. There's a lot of sensitive tissue. Um, and the last thing you want to be worrying about is, like, accidentally hurting your partner, because it is a very intense technique. Yeah. If you're worried about sort of, like, the splash zone, get towels, etc. So, yeah, yeah. once... Once you've done all of the unfun stuff. <laughs> Once you've done all the preparations. Yeah. Uh, you really just want to start setting the stage, get relaxed. The brain is the largest sexual organ we have. Once once you guys are ready to engage, you know, you start making out and you do sort of the standard stuff. You mentally, emotionally, physically prepare, you're making yeah. out. And so foreplay when... is 1,000% important. Yeah, and this is part of foreplay. Yeah. All of it should be fun and relaxed. Yeah. So once you're ready to like do the thing, what you're gonna do is you're gonna insert one to two fingers and you wanna go about two to three inches in. Again, it depends on the anatomy of the person. About mm-hmm. one or two knuckles, maybe even three, again, mm-hmm. depending on anatomy. And what you're looking for is on the frontal wall of the vagina, you Mm -hmm. have the G-spot. And I think the G-spot is its own monster of of a topic. But the the long story short is um, it's going to be like if the girl is aroused, Mm -hmm. it's going to feel a bit like a sponge. There is a distinct texture difference between the smooth edges of the vaginal wall and the sort of spongy area. Mm -hmm. If she's not turned on or she's not quite there yet, it's going to feel a little bit more like a nub. Now, is this different across all women? I would say in terms of size, of how big that G-spot mm-hmm. is, absolutely. Yeah. But we all have a G-spot. It's there. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So yeah, you're going to basically get to that point and start rubbing that sponge. And the way that you do it, you can either do it in a circular motion. I find for me personally, what's been very successful is doing like the come here motion with your fingers. Yeah, sort of like, sort of like, yeah, like kind of like pointing, sort of like a gun, but upside yeah. down like and curled. Like a gun curled. upside down and yeah, curl curled, fingers. yeah. Yep, and you're just going to go at like a pretty steady pace. And what you're doing is you're building the plateau. You're yeah. building the pressure. You're building the tension in the girl's body. And you're going to see her start to react to it. She's going to pant. She's going to moan. She might be starting to say certain things like, oh, I really like that. Go mm. harder. Go softer. Who knows? Everyone's different. <laughs> and what you're really trying to do is you're trying to build this pressure in her body. All of those muscle spasms that we talked about earlier yeah. in the episode – um, are going to start to tighten up and you're going to want to start paying attention when she's getting close mm-hmm. and like what you're saying, like the point of no return. Yeah. Um, around this point, you might want to introduce your thumb to her clit. Um, and everyone's different. Some people may like that. Some people may not. Um, that is going to be actually really important information for a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So you're going to keep going. And once she feels like, okay, like I am about to come, what you're going to do is you're going to tense up your fingers and you're going to speed up the movement. Mm-hmm. And instead of kind of, you're not doing this movement with like your wrist. Your wrist is going to get tired after a while. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to kind of um, kind of put your lock. Like. Put your, your shoulder, arm, into it. shoulder into it. Yeah, so you're going to lock your wrist and your elbow and your shoulder. And she, when she starts coming, and you, you can usually tell, like, there's the muscle tightening up. You're going to see a little bit of liquid coming out. Mm-hmm. You're going to go, like, full throttle. You're going to up the intensity and, like, vigorously, like, get up in there. Mm-hmm. And once she starts, like, squirting, you're going to want to apply... um either with your mouth or your fingers, some sort of pressure and stimulation to her clit. Mm-hmm. And um, you can either use, like, your fingers or your lips to, like, move the, the clitoral hood back mm-hmm. and, like, get in there. And So is that, that, that applied pressure and focus on the clitoris, um, uh, is, that, is that required? Do you feel like it would be a ruined orgasm if there isn't that sensation on there? you won't be able to get the squirting sensation if you don't have it I see. because you're you're kind of stimulating all of those nerves and if if she's releasing a little bit of liquid like that's it like you got you got to go for it and there's something about I I don't quite understand like the anatomy or the biology around it mm-hmm. but there's something about the combination of the G spot and the clit and that pressure and all of that kind of like being really intensely like driven at the same time mm-hmm. that forces sort of this the squirting to happen so it's it's kind of conditioning your body to do all these all these actions to get your muscles to actually yeah get i the mean liquid out. it just does it yeah um so a couple of things is you don't want to stop when you <laughs> see liquid coming out because <laughs> that's a that's like one way to a ruined orgasm yeah i mean it, it would just be kind of a crappy orgasm i would mm-hmm. say for sure i would also say like just because gentlemen you see something in a porn and you see this guy finger banging a girl and then like and then he just stops and then he just like takes his hand out well he's taking his hand out so that you could see the squirt yeah um but not all women are going to appreciate that and imagine if like you tell your girl like oh i'm coming and she's like oh you are and then she gets off of you that would be the equivalent you want to let the orgasm ride itself out on the woman's side you you don't want to hold back. You are... The sensation is very similar to peeing and releasing urine. So be... If you're, if you're a lady and you want to try this or you're trying to do this to yourself, be emotionally prepared that that is part of the package. It does mm-hmm. feel a lot like releasing urine, which is why I said, you know, if you're worried about peeing on somebody... Just go pee. Just go pee. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it's going to feel a lot like, oh, like, I really want to release this tension and I'm orgasming at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if you had a conversation about it, if you and your partner know that this is something you're trying to do, like both on the female and male side or female and female side, like whatever your orientation is and your, um, and your, your partnership composition is have a conversation about it and Mm -hmm. be like, you know what? If you pee on me, it's okay. Yeah. It's totally fine. Like again, coming from the guy's perspective, 
if he is really open to the idea and he's willing and really eager to try this out. He's not going to care. He's not going to care. Basically, if if you're worried about peeing, the only thing running through his mind is, I'm going to get my girl to squirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, try not to let it get to you because that's going to make it much harder for you to come. Yeah. And... You know what? It's happening. You yeah. might as well just enjoy and, it. And at the end of the day, your partner wants you to feel pleasure, so just indulge in it. Absolutely. Okay, so... <laughs> so, yeah, that that would be how you make a girl squirt. Now, I really wanted to talk about sort of how common is it. Mm-hmm. Because the reality of it is, is that... Um, any woman can do this. We all have the pipes for it. We all have the plumbing and the electricity down there. We are all yeah. installed to be able to squirt. Yeah. What it comes down to is the technique. So if you're 20 years old or 30 years old or you're 55 or whatever, you can squirt. It's mm-hmm. just a question of doing the technique properly. Yeah. I assume there's a lot of conditioning that you have to do. Uh, sort of similar to guys and edging where you have to learn your body and learn how you react to certain stimuli. Yeah. I would say the conditioning or whatnot. Um, I would actually just say if anybody remembers the first time that they masturbated and came, Mm -hmm. it's similar to that. Where like, I think a lot of us, when we experimented with masturbation, Mm -hmm. a lot of us didn't come the first time because you feel weird about it. And you kind of want to hold back and you want to hold back because you're kind of almost afraid of it. Yeah. So, if there is any sort of conditioning, um, I would say it's more just being at ease with what your body is doing and letting yourself be present and be in the moment. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm I'm convinced knowing that like I can be made to squirt like on command. Granted, <laughs> granted, I do come very easily. I do get wet very easily. I squirted when I was like in my teen years. Um <laughs> You know, I do have statistics, you know, they're for for women to kind of squirt just like as part of their sexual experience. It is not common. Like if you're not trying to make a woman squirt and she squirts, that is not common. Mm-hmm. But again, I think any woman is capable of doing it. I don't think it's going to take that much training. And if, if you know what you're doing, you can make her squirt. I think really yeah. on the female side, it's just let it go. Yeah. And let it happen. And and I assume there there is a set way to do it, but from my point of view, every girl is different, every partner is different. So yes. there may be some variations of it. Absolutely. And I think that everybody, no matter what you're trying to do in bed, you have to come at it from precisely that perspective of this person is unique, this sexual encounter is unique, and this pairing is unique. And to not set the expectations to be anything or anyone else, mm-hmm. which is a very good segue into <laughs> what we see in porn um just because you see a lot of squirting in porn and you see uh-huh. like the big arc or you know like this it's like gigantic- a bellagio fountain of yes squirt. just because you're seeing the bellagio squirting in in like in your porn um that may not necessarily be what your partner is capable of and I think it's really important to highlight that a lot of those men and women they're professionals they mm-hmm. They have sex a lot. They know how to squirt. They know these techniques. Um, it's a performance. It's a performance. So it is very common for there to be a sort of smoke and mirrors effect going on mm. in a lot of different porns for a lot of different things, including squirting. Um, there are actresses that are known to douche mm-hmm. and basically insert a bunch of water into themselves and they'll kind of be having sex and they stand up and all this water comes out. Yeah. So I really, first off, I really want to say we're not encouraging anyone to douche. (laughs) We're not encouraging anyone to do whatever it is that porn stars do. We're also not condemning them. Um, Anything that you want to do with your vagina, I I would highly recommend having an intelligent conversation with your gynecologist and um, also just coming at this sort of thing with both an open mind and knowledge and, and no expectations. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens, and you're going to have way more fun that way. Yeah. Uh, the At the end of the day, you know your limits. Yes. But at the same time, there are no limits to what you can do. Absolutely. So it's whatever feels good to you and whatever you want to do. 
is right. perfect for that moment. I agree. And say you are trying this technique and you're reaching a point where, you know what, this doesn't feel good or it doesn't feel right. Like that's okay too. Yeah. Maybe, or maybe you do it and you're like, ew, I, I don't like it. That's totally okay. Or maybe you do it for your partner and your partner doesn't like it. That is totally okay. Um, as far as sort of what's going on for you and your partner, there's there seems to be in my research, and you mentioned this earlier, um, there's a bit of a disconnect between what's going on on the viewer side and the orgasm side of yeah. things. Um, as, as a viewer, my research is indicating that there's a great deal of satisfaction seeing this happen, knowing that you could do it to somebody. It's a very visual representation of a woman coming, yeah. which we don't really have. Like that, when a woman comes, like there's no cum that comes out, yeah. right? Like yeah. and there isn't even, a whole lot of like, like fireworks. Yeah, and from my experience, some girls don't really have very visible pulsating or contraction. So Not at all. Not at, Or not at all, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, I think on the viewer side or on the the giver side it's like wow cool like fourth of july yeah right bellagio fountains (laughs) do you keep in mind that on the orgasmy side they may or may not have the same feelings about it they may be embarrassed they may feel dirty um it does feel like you are peeing yourself it is a very similar sensation and again the liquid that's coming out is not urine but it is coming out of your bladder so it's a similar sensation and Mm so be sensitive to that. Be aware because, again, coming from my perspective, it was really embarrassing and humiliating. And and keep in mind that maybe that might be something that someone is into. Yeah. Humiliation is a huge kink. Humiliation is a huge kink. So that might be something that you could introduce into your play. Or if you find that you like squirting because it makes you feel kind of weird and you kind yeah. of like feeling weird about it, like, that's interesting information. Like, what yeah. can we do with that? And yeah. maybe this could... A be a bu- it could be a building point Absolutely. to something that you never knew you loved. Right. And, you know, as somebody that has been in a submissive dynamic, doing something for your dom that um, they really enjoy, but you maybe find humiliating, that sort of dynamic is also very interesting where it's like, wow, I'm like really humiliated and embarrassed and I feel like I just peed myself. But I could see that the person that I'm submitting to is really enjoying this, I can move through my discomfort and my humiliation knowing that they are really turned on or they're really happy or really excited. So I think squirting is something that could give both partners a lot to discuss and and to play around with and, and to add to. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to put that out there, you know, like afterwards, you know, be there for the other person, whatever it is that they need. Check in with them and be like, so what did you think? Yeah. Was that weird? Was it fun? Was it cool? Like, was it, do you was need it a mind, towel? Was it mind-blowing? Was your mind blown? Like, <laughs> you know, ask questions. Be curious. Yeah. Now, typically for squirting, um, is you're talking about how it's a different sensation. Is it a, a more massive orgasm? Or do you feel a bigger pleasurable release versus non-squirting? Uh, good question. I would say it is a different orgasm because you have so much going on. It feels like I'm getting a clitoral clitoral orgasm and a G-spot orgasm at the same time. Mm. But it doesn't feel like two orgasms in one. It just feels like its own sort of subset. And huh. with the sort of, for, again, for me, this almost like humiliating sort of feeling of squirting as well. It's like... It's sort of like the feeling it's of... It's its own thing. It's sort of like you're letting go and you're kind of like yes. laid bare in front of your partner. Absolutely. Um, and... I would say, if anything, it's very analogous to a G-spot orgasm. Like, if mm-hmm. I had to say, like, is it more or less or similar, it, I would just say it's very similar to a G-spot orgasm. I see. Uh, Want to know some statistics? Yes! Give us the numbers. So, I did some research. So, Pornhub does really amazing infographics for their urine review stats. And <laughs> for a second, I thought she said urine review. No. <laughs> Year in... Review. Review. And so here's some things that I found. Mexico in 2018 showed a 283% increase in the squirting orgasm searches. That's so specific. Right? I thought it was I, I thought it was interesting that the, the, the keyword itself was squirting orgasms, not just squirting. Um, South Africa had an increase of 70% over last year. Mm-hmm. 
And can I have a drum roll? In Belarus, squirt was the highest category for 2018. That's interesting. It didn't show up anywhere else. Just those four countries? Just those three countries. Really? Right? So again, going back to what, what we were saying a little bit earlier, I wonder, is it because it's kind of become standard for our porn to see squirting? It's kind mm-hmm. of like the, the salad of, of salad the of course. porn. Yeah. Yeah. That we're just so used to seeing it and it's no longer a novelty or a niche thing or... I, I wonder if it's due to countries where there's, you know, different cultures or different religions that kind of kind of hide sexuality and Perhaps. with with porn being so prevalent and everybody being even more connected online, I wonder if that's kind of forcing the shift. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um oh, and then the other thing that I thought was really interesting was from last year's year in review <laughs> for 2017 from Pornhub was women had an increase of searches in, quote, lesbian squirting. Fascinating. So it's just really interesting to see year over year sort of that squirting is coming up, but it's coming up in different searches, mm-hmm. and it, it we keep kind of cycling back to it. And I wonder if that's due to it being less of this kind of mythical thing or right. mythical end goal, and it's starting to become more common, and maybe... The knowledge of it happening yeah. or had to do it. That's becoming so common now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like in the nineties, everyone had the money shot. Yeah. So I feel like this is the money shot of like the two thousands. <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> Who knows? We're like 30 years from now. People are gonna be like, I'm squirting. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're beyond that. Child's play. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's everything. That's everything guys. So yeah, this was our first episode. Again, the goal is for all of you guys to maybe learn something new. And we did our best. Yeah. So please please don't be mad if we missed something. Uh, keep in mind that this was recorded in 2019. So if you're listening to this in the future and you're looking back on us and going, Psh, squirting, that's child's yeah. play. Uh, keep in mind it was a different time in 2019. Yes. <laughs> I, I hope you guys are all having a wonderful time in the wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next episode. See you guys. Bye. King and